I would like you guys to, as usual, do me a favor and imagine you're having a, a child in, say, you know, the 1960s, give or take, the late 1950s, early 1960s, and you'll see why I say this in a second. And your wife or your partner is about to have this child. She gives birth, everything goes great, it's very successful, everyone's happy, you know, the usual process is undertaken by the doctors and all that to make sure the baby's healthy and fine and all that. And then, all of a sudden, a large group of nurses, a a couple dozen probably, probably, you know, 24, 25 of them, come walking down the hallway of the hospital into the room where they keep all the babies in the incubators. Now, I'm not trying to fear monger, I want to make something very clear. The example that I'm giving here is an example, is actually an instance that occurred in a particular program back in the late 50s, early 60s. So I want to make something very clear. I have no evidence of this occurring nowadays. I just want to make that very, very um, uh, abundantly clear. And so these nurses head into the rooms where the children are, you know, um, uh, are, are born, basically. They're, they're newly born and they're in the incubators and they're sleeping and resting. And the nurses, you get a peek into the room and the nurses are spraying something they're taking something out of buckets and they're kind of like dribbling this type of transparent liquid onto all of the babies including your child and you start to go what the hell but the whole thing here is that you trust the process now the reason why i say this occurred back then which it actually did in one particular instance was because again it was so much easier to get away with things and everyone knows this those who are watching this who are even young uh know this from your parents and those that are watching this that have been around for some time you know what i'm saying is true it was a lot easier to get away with things no internet no technology no cameras if something happened within a certain town it made the local newspaper if if lucky and then that was it it was covered up right and so that's why these types of operations back then were allowed to be the case and were allowed to occur much more easily than nowadays but what you notice is that it seems like whatever's being poured or sprinkled onto the babies including your own child is something that looks very kind of acidic but transparent similar to that of the uh the alleged angel dust or angel hair that falls from ufos uh, that we see and all that and i bring this up because this actually occurred under a subset of project mk ultra but it was for a much larger purpose now before i get into that i do want to give a shout out to daniel boulet jr thank you so much brother for watching the show later on today i'll be getting to all of your guys emails instagram uh, dms and all that i promise and i do also want to mention as well too that um actually if i haven't haven't got to them already i want to mention very quickly that we do have a patreon help support the show members only episodes uh telegram discord group chats uh, behind the scenes all that kind of stuff everyone's loving the members only episodes i bring this up because a lot of people say dave you know where can i find it this is where you can and i also want to mention very quickly that starting today we're gonna or sorry actually as of yesterday that i put this episode out we're gonna be doing early release episodes as well for members on patreon so not only do you get three times a week members only episodes that only you guys will ever see if you're a member, but on top of that, you get to see episodes roughly about a week before I put them out. So it's really exciting. So let's get into it. Dark Operation Aura, the synthetic blood they sprinkle on newborn earth prisoners. Now, you might say, hold on, these are humans. How are they prisoners? Well, we're going to just jump right into it. Now, first off, I want to make something very clear. This experiment 
or this operation, if you will, only occurred to a handful of children back in the late 50s, early 60s. Why is this the case? And we're just going to go right down the rabbit hole, guys. This is the case because there is a galactic spiritual prison that we are put in within this particular solar system. And this is going to come full circle with the documents and evidence I'm going to provide very shortly. There is a system in which people who are not spiritually enlightened have their souls essentially recycled, which is why in a lot of religions or a lot of times, you know, psychics, mediums who do Akashic record readings will say, you know, in your past life, you were this in your past life, you were that you were this kind of person you fought here, maybe you were a soldier there. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with this, right? And so this type of liquid or blood, if you will, was sprinkled on these babies, because what it did was it purified the soul from reincarnating in a negative, negatively oriented, frequential fashion. And the reason for that is because in their pre previous lives, these babies or these people, which are now reborn, if you will, that have, were not spiritually enlightened in their previous lives were actually very negative entities from a long time before that. And you're going to see the evidence to suggest that. Now, this is nothing new, guys. The theory that, you know, our souls are being recycled if we're not ascended enough spiritually by the time our physical body passes is not something that I made up or anything like this. It's something that I'm sure many of you have heard for a long time. We've spoken about the Akashic Records on this show a million times over, you know, Project Looking Glass and all that. And so I think the Akashic Records specifically transcends that of any type of religion or religions are also honestly an interpretation of that. But Let's uh, let's jump right into it. So again, they're trying to purify the souls that were previously negative that may in fact reoccur and become negative in a lot of ways. And the best example I could probably give is the film Looper with um, Bruce Willis and Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, probably the best relative example to relate to this. But anyways, let's take a look at HowAndWise.com. And I quote, Yousaf Flight Nurse interviewed alien named Earl. I mean, that's a weird, uh, weird way to pronounce it in English, but said Earth was alien prison before 30,000 BCE, end quote. Now, I'm going to be reading a handful of transcripts from this article, which is going to take up a significant amount of, of time, but it's very important for us to understand this. This connects directly with the Anunnaki. This connects directly with many other things. And this alien, Arrow, I think that's her name, A-I-R-L, uh, also explains a lot of this. And it really connects to a lot of different things as well. So let's take a look here very quickly. Now, I'm going to summarize a lot of this. A lot of this. Now, there was a Woman's Army Air Force Medical Corps. And this woman who was allegedly from a particular crash in Roswell, not the New Mexico Roswell crash that everyone knows about, but there have been multiple crashes there for those who don't know. So let's take a look. Matilda, who we see here, and I quote, was only 23 years old when she interviewed the alien through telepathy. She was the only person at the base who had the ability to talk with beings through the mind. In her interview with Errol, she found out that the alien was not a biological being. She had a female-like appearance and also had not been injured during the crash. She noted that the alien was the size of a small child and was the only sur survivor among the three crew members of the ship that had crashed in New Mexico. Her body was made of synthetic material, which means she was, in theory, guys, an alien robot controlled by the higher order being. End quote. Now, before I go on, I want to mention that it does mention within this document and transcript as well that this 
this self-proclaimed uh, alien who is clearly uh, an extraterrestrial in many different ways, size, shape, intellectual ability, telepathy, all that, was actually made from the same material that UFO crafts are made of. Again, I don't want to keep going back to Project Carrot, but it ends up going back there. It also ends up going back to, you know, the things we see like with what my friend Spencer pointed out as well too. Again, thank you for that with mRNA and a 3D printer. When you cut off different pieces of it, it's a blueprint for the rest of it regardless. And this seems to be the extension in that, which explains why in a lot of cases, a lot of people nowadays who have interactions with aliens telepathically or in person are told that a lot of aliens actually, these aliens want humans to get a better understanding of their spacecraft because it is not just craft to travel. What it is made out of is so ingrained between scientific technology and extremely advanced spirituality that it is one in the same in many regards, right? As we've spoken about. Now let's carry on. This right here, guys, I'm putting it up on the screen, is the document that she wrote to her friend. And we see here, we take a look here at the Roswell crash and all that, right? One of the many. And then she says, my duty was to communicate with the alien and to make a complete report of all that I discovered to command authorities. Subsequently, I was supplied with specific lists of questions provided to me by military and non-military personnel, which I was to intercept or sorry, interpret for the alien and re uh, record the responses to the questions provided. Now, before I go on, who do you think these non-military personnel were? Majestic 12. Let's just make that very clear. The timing makes perfect sense. Everything lines up perfectly. Let's carry on. It is vital. Uh, sorry, she says here, mankind needs to know the answers to questions which are contained in these documents. Who are we? Where did we come from? What is our purpose on Earth? If there's intelligent life elsewhere in the universe, why have they not contacted us? It is vital that people understand the devastating consequences to our physical and spiritual survival if we fail to take effective action to undo the longstanding and pervasive effects of alien intervention on Earth. End quote. Now, she wrote this in 2007. Right, And these are transcripts and all that that were received from a book that her friend wrote that she also wrote to her friend personally before the book was published, as I just had said. Now, let's take a look here. Matilda, and I confirmed all of this, was assigned to the flight nurse in the 509th bomb wing. All right. She asked several questions to Errol, the alien, about her civilization, star system, and history. From their conversation, it was known that Errol had come from a place called Domain. As Matilda described, the place was not just a planet of one galaxy, but a number of galaxies. The alien said that her home and birthplace was full of power, knowledge, and wisdom. Her planet had two stars and three moons. Now, this sounds similar before I go on to Eben with Planet Serpo and all that, but I also think that there's more significant inquiries to be made here because it might not be, uh, sorry, Planet, uh, yeah, Planet Serpo or um, Project Serpo, my apologies. It might not be the case, but there may be a correlation within this alien existing within the same cluster or galaxy, if you will. Let's take a look here. Matilda noted that Errol did not give her any information related to her language or the location of her planet. This is where it gets interesting, guys. She was uncertain about the intentions of military officers, and that made her refuse to disclose any secret information to humans. The nurse called it a serious sign, because if aliens did not find themselves safe on Earth, then it could become a big problem for humans. Errol called her civilization very powerful, extremely ancient, and above all, their only goal was progress. 
right? And what we're going to see here before I carry on is we're going to see a lot of different documents that have come from Matilda that discuss this. Now, when Matilda asked Errol how long she had been visiting Earth, her answer was long before humans. In her footnotes, Matilda wrote, Earth is a small planet of a rim star of a galaxy. This makes Earth very isolated geographically from the more concentrated planetary civilizations which exist towards the center of the galaxy. These obvious facts have made Earth suitable for use only as a zoological or botanical garden for its current use as a prison, but not much else. And, end quote. Now, before I go on, notice how this alien mentioned current use. It's as if we're still imprisoned, not in the way that we think, but maybe in many other regards. Now, we also have to keep in mind, we have to put a little bit of our, I guess we could say, intelligence angle on this, if you will. And I say that because did this alien have an agenda? Or was this alien truly telling the, the honest truth, right? We have to literally question that. Now, we see this here, and this is the last part I want to mention in the article before I go on. Before 30,000 BCE, Earth started being used as a dumping ground and prison for ISBEs who were judged untouchable, meaning criminal or nonconformists. ISBEs were captured, encapsulated in electronic traps, and transported to Earth from various parts of the old empire. Underground amnesia stations were set up on Mars and on Earth in the Renzori Mountains in Africa, in the Pyrenees Mountains of Portugal, and in steppes of Mongolia, or steppes of Mongolia, right? And we see here that this is extremely intriguing in the sense that we take a look and we see that, end quote, by the way, that this is very similar and consistent to multiple, multiple reports, excuse me, of other alien beings. It has been suggested that Earth was a, an experimental dumping ground, if you will, which makes sense could, because that could explain a lot of the anomalistic evolutionary occurrences that even scientists, the most, you know, um, respected, highly, uh, highly respected and refined and credible scientists have have yet to explain. All right. Now let's take a look because she said she was part of the domain expeditionary force, right? Let's take a look here at what this was. We're going to see that the domain expeditionary force and the domain battalion, if translated, is consistent with many ancient hieroglyphs, scriptures, and stories of alleged massive wars occurring on Earth. Now, honestly, you guys want to know my truthful opinion, which I don't really do as much in the show because I'd rather present the uh, the information and the evidence and let you guys decide for yourselves. I think what we're seeing here is we're seeing a handful of different occurrences. We're seeing a combination of time travel, humans being experimented on, humans may in fact actually being the result of a experiment of sort, right? And the fact that Earth is so isolated from other civilizations that are more concentrated within a geographical sense of being closer to each other is also consistent with every other single report that I've seen. Now, again, this could be a totally false report, guys, but at the end of the day, we got to analyze it and we got to take a look, right? And so here, what I want to do is I want to show you guys some of the mummy footage that this ailed girl, I think Errol is her name, yeah, had told Matilda about which the Russians got a hold of, which led the Russians to finding shortly after, in the 60s, an alien mummy, which by the way is a very hard video to find, but the, the video footage is on there, but if we take a look at newsintact.com, Russian KGB found an alien mummy on Giza Plateau, filmed and kept secret for many years, right, and we see pictures here, right, we see the alien mummy being opened. Now, I do want to make something very clear. We do not know for a fact that this mummy is alien unless we watch the video. <laughs> you see what I'm saying here? And when we take a look at all of that, what we're going to find is that this, in fact, did seem to be humanoid-based, but 
alien nonetheless because the skulls of the head were so self-descriptive in the sense of its physical features that even if the skull was damaged, it could not have been human, right? And now what's also very interesting is that when we take a look at a lot of the other instances that occur that Errol said technology could do, that scientists at the time had said when this book came out was impossible, we're discovering is possible now. We're seeing it's a form of drop feeding. Right? Because if you read the whole thing, you'll see that Errol talks about certain technology that publicly, all of a sudden, in the last handful of weeks and months in today, 2021, oh, suddenly it works. We have it. But back then, scientists said it can't be possible. And this is the problem I have with the public domain of science, guys. I have tremendous respect for the respect for the scientists, but the problem I have here is that they say something's not possible, and then many years later, it's, oh, well, you know, uh, technically speaking, this and that. Why can't they just admit when they're wrong or why can't they just say something like, listen, it's unproven, but I wouldn't rule it out. That's why I have a lot of respect for people like Eric Weinstein and his brother Brett. They're textbook theory physicists and biologists great at what they do, but they don't leave out the realistic, we can even call it street smart angle of it, which I know you guys have, right? And that's why we do this, because take a look at phys.org, achieving invisibility, cross-wavelength invisibility integrated with invisibility tactics. Now, I'm not going to get into all this, end quote, but if you see here, it talks about there's something called nano-origamis, if you want to call it, and that is how small and minute the technology is getting. Now, what if you can mix nano-origamis with some type of spiritually infused used energy not technology but energy right that would take us one step closer to having something similar to the the ufo ships and what that material is made up of but why won't we do it publicly oh well you know there's no funding for it you know with air quotes we don't have the funding oh okay i guess we'll just leave it at that then oh by the way do you hear britney spears's father doesn't want to uh, let go of her custody his custody of her you see what i'm you guys see what i'm saying here that's exactly what happens that's exactly how they distract. Meanwhile, where do you think these experiments are going on? In. They're going on in dumbs. That's exactly where they're doing it. That's where all of the, the, the hard-earned taxpayers' money go. And I, I'm sure some taxpayers are fine with it. But, it, I mean, you know, that's also where the dark operation money goes as well too, right? And the final thing is from SingularityHub.com. And this is something I spoke about even a couple months ago. Uh, sorry, a, a couple weeks ago. That everyone generally speaking, I, I love you guys for agreeing with me on, but a few of you had said, Dave, I don't know about the graphene, and I understand that, and I respect that, but take a look at this now. March 1st, 2021, three days ago, graphene nano-origami could take us past the end of Moore's Law. Uh, you see what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to say like I told you so. That's not what I'm trying to say here. I'm trying to say that we got to keep all the angles open because we don't know what could come out. We honestly don't, and that's what it's getting to, right? Scientists have said it's impossible to find life in Antarctica. Then all of a sudden, they found life in Antarctica where they never thought it could be possible. Give me a break. You guys see what I'm saying here? And I'm not saying this towards you guys. I'm saying this to society collectively overall, right? Because we see the agenda. We see what's happening. So I want you guys to let me know what you think. I know maybe I was a little bit all over the place, but I really felt this was necessary to... Um, to transmit to you guys so you guys are aware and more awakened with this type of knowledge so thank you so much uh, for watching and we'll catch you guys uh, later this week cheers